What a week it's been. So much to talk about and so many things we can't talk about. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the villain Marty Scurll and you are listening to Behind, no sorry, what was it? Me and my friend Mark, we're gonna stop watching. I'm Mark. And I'm Harris. And we'd like to welcome you to Behind the Gorilla, a podcast where we delve into the wild, wacky, and crazy side of professional wrestling. How's it going, everyone? We are back with another episode. Uh, took the week off last week, but we're back now. And we had to we had to make a point to uh, do a show this week because we have some first-person experience from, from Dynamite this week. Woo! That's me. I was there. That, I'm the person. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you were going to keep going. You just nope. kind of stopped. But yeah, it was, uh, it was sweet. I got to go to Dynamite on my birthday, and then nothing else happened this week. Nothing at all. Um, nope. Yeah, you want to just jump right into it? Uh, yeah, yeah. Might as uh, might as well. So, um, so yeah, Harris. Just uh, this is your first AEW show. I got to go back the last time they were in Atlanta, back right before the pandemic, and uh, yeah. So I guess what was your experience like? So I did see um double or nothing in jacksonville so i've seen a pay-per-view oh before, yeah that's the right first that's time right. i've yeah, yeah, ever yeah, yeah, seen yeah, yeah, yeah. and this is very different right because the pay-per-view is going to be match 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 and this is going to be a lot of story like i hadn't been to a tv episode before this is have you ever been to the um the gwinnett arena for anything where they had this it, yeah, it goes by the gas south arena now time. But, man i yeah, i've heard i didn't even know what it was called anymore and yeah. uh, I, I I've been there several times, but like probably I haven't been there in a decade or more. Yeah. Well, every time. So like this is a obscene amount of detail if y'all don't care about this listening. But like I grew up. This was right near where I grew up. My church is like five minutes around the corner from the spot. So I've been to a lot of different stuff there. I've seen concerts there i saw ed sheer in there one time which was ridiculous i saw you two there one time like the venue is smaller than anything in atlanta but clearly the rates it offers are a lot better which is why stuff like ed sheeran happens there instead of happens downtown so it's super convenient it was more convenient when i was in high school and i lived like 10 minutes away from it but it's still pretty convenient now because there's no traffic. It's a little bit out of the way, all this kind of stuff. It was centrally located for me and all my buddies. It is small. It's like maybe a 7,000-person arena, mm-hmm. if not. And it's funny because every time I go there, I get in. I'm like, oh, man, this is a lot smaller than I thought it was. You compare it to something like Stegman at the University of Georgia, the basketball arena that probably holds about 10,000 or something like the State Farm Arena in Atlanta. Which is like 18,000 or whatever. Yeah, because that's a proper like real arena. And all of the wrestling shows I've been to when I go to WWE shows are held in State Farm. I saw SummerSlam at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. That's a comparable sized arena. So I got in here and I was expecting like, okay, Dynamite, this is the premier like, you know, show for the company I'm following the most right now. And it felt really weirdly small. And then the more I thought about it, the more I thought, well, yeah, I bet, you know, I bet they're doing this everywhere. And whenever they tell me they're in Chicago, they're in the arena, you know, 35 minutes outside of Chicago, the same way that they build it 
as Atlanta, even though, you know, it's a 40 minute drive from downtown Atlanta. They did this. Um, they acknowledged it, actually, which they did not need to do. But, the, the, you know, the hype girl, the girl on the mic who's announcing all the matches and, you know, kind of engaging with the crowd during commercial breaks before we went live was like, all right, just so you guys know, you're Atlanta tonight, right? Cool. All right. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you, you didn't have to do that. We all know what this is. But um, yeah, that's the way it works. And anything in the uh, it, well, at this point, it's bigger, but anything in the th- 30 mile radius around Atlanta is, is just Atlanta. Yeah. Although now, now basically it just keeps going. And now apparently Canton is big enough to be part of the Atlanta metro <laughs> area, even though it's 50 minutes away and it just Wait, keeps going. That, when, explain that to me. How, well, have you not this? seen like, well, it's just, it's just the amount of expansion that is going on. Like Canton is now like huge. Oh, you just mean like development. Yeah, yeah, like like that. it's basically getting to the point where you're, you know, it used to be you drive about 20, you know, t- about 30 minutes past Atlanta and now you're going to get into the country and there's nothing. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, oh, here's, you know, a decent sized town here and then here, but it's like spread out and whatever. Now it's like there's not that. It's just they all connect almost. Oh, it's yeah. It's really I weird. I thought you meant. In terms of wrestling, like there was a wrestling show that was billed as from Atlanta, Georgia, even though it was in Canton. Oh, well, that would probably happen. Very misleading. I mean, that would probably still happen. I mean, I I, I just say I'm from Atlanta. If I'm ever talking to anybody outside of the state. Because it's like, man, it's 25 minutes away. So people don't know what Roswell, Georgia is. Right. Georgia geography, everyone. So anyway, to bring it back to Dynamite. That's our like new I... podcast, Georgia geography. Sure. Yeah, Each week, not? we just talk about a different <laughs> random city in the state of Georgia and the history behind it and how it connects to the city of Atlanta. I, I'll be honest with you, Mark. If somebody made that podcast and they were good, I would probably listen to it. That sounds pretty interesting, actually. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing as I Shoot. was saying. All right. well, I was like, man, I, we, we might be on to something here. Might pivot here. <laughs> Then we'd have to go back to doing uh, research again. Oh, no, never mind. Nope, nope, nope. Pass. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so when I got there, all that to say, I was like, oh, man, I really hope this show doesn't look bushly when it comes on TV because, like, I want to, you know, represent Atlanta and look good or whatever. And from where we sat, I was really concerned it was going to look bad because the side exactly opposite us was pretty spottily attended even as the show started like it was i mean there were people there but it was maybe three quarters full and there were some big chunks of empty seats but of course what happened is like everybody bought tickets on the side the cameras were filming because we all wanted to be on tv so that was kind of where everyone ended up and it looked great on television i was i was super impressed they have off to the side, little monitors showing the actual television broadcast, like up in the rafters, so you can see what it looks like. And it looked like we were in a huge, full, sold-out arena with like 10,000 people. Yeah. That was pretty cool. So yeah, I'm it proud looked, that we, it looked good on TV. Yeah, yeah. So I'm shout out to AEW's production crew because I imagine they've been working arenas like this for a while, and they really, uh, they really make it work, and they make it look and feel like a big deal. So I will be honest. It was weirdly, 
not quite disillusioning, but it did take me out of the moment a little bit because it was like in my head, oh yeah, this is a really big deal. And then you get in the venue and it doesn't feel like it as much live, which is not anyone's fault. It was just this weird hang up I had. But the show itself was a ton of fun. I got to see CM Punk live at the Gwinnett Arena, which will never not be funny. The same way I saw Ed <laughs> Sheeran at the Gwinnett Arena. Sure. Super fun. Uh, I feel like the crowd was pretty quality. I feel like, you know, like there weren't 15,000 people there, but we were hot. We were pretty loud. It was weird I'm, because, again, I don't know how they record the, the audio, but on TV, it sounded phenomenal. And then I saw multiple videos of people there at the show and they were filming and like you could hear the wrestlers talking in like in the, you know, like you could hear the wrestlers in the ring, like from a ways away. And it was like very quiet. It was very weird. So, again, you you were there, so you'd have a better idea. But on TV, it sounded great. Yeah, well, good. I'm glad. I'm trying to think if there's any other like big picture stuff to take away from it or if we want to just start going through the show. But I, I think that was pretty much it. Like we were, we were talking about this before we started recording. We caught a couple uh, a couple dark matches. We got there about 7.30. I got to see uh, Jurassic Express. So that was really fun. Got to do the whole Tarzan boy entrance. And it's fun to go to a wrestling show and introduce it to people who don't know a ton about the characters. Like a live show is really the best way to do it because you know wrestling is meant to be watched live like it evolved as this form of live entertainment so everything they're doing is catering to the crowd and it was fun to try and catch my buddies up on all these different stories like a friend of mine is a huge okay this sounds weird i was gonna say he's a huge santino morella fan that's not really true like he doesn't (laughs) but he likes him he thinks that's funny like when we were I was getting into wrestling in college. He was my roommate. He was like, oh, yeah, I remember this guy. He's got the Cobra. That's funny. And I've talked before about how important comedy wrestling is for getting people into wrestling. And that's that's what, you know, that helped get me into wrestling. And that's one of the things that my buddy remembers. So when he was like, do they have any funny wrestlers like Santino? And I was like, yeah, they do, actually. They have a sloth man. His name's Orange Cassidy. He does, you know, he wrestles with his hands in his pockets. Like, stuff like that. It's just really fun to get people on board with. So... I had a good time. Nice. And I can give more more perspective, obviously, as we go. But I guess we can just start uh, start going through it if you want to. Yeah, yeah. We might as well just <clears throat> yeah start going well, through uh, Dynamite. All right. So, I mean, they started off pretty pretty well. It was a strong start. Strong start to the show. First match was uh, Alan Angels and Brian Danielson. And uh, did they start? No, uh, there was a talking segment first, right? No, it was. Well, there was a little bit, but it was they, they pretty much just got right to it. As far as I know, I thought if they said something. anything, it certainly wasn't memorable. <laughs> Didn't Brian Danielson come out and like speak first? No, he cut a promo after the match, kind of running yeah. down Atlanta a little bit. But I don't, I don't think he said anything beforehand. Oh, okay. okay. I couldn't remember. The, other, the one other thing that I liked about seeing it live is that Tony Khan came out both before Dynamite and before Rampage. And was like trying to hype us up, but he's so funny because he doesn't have any like training and like performing or public speaking or anything like that. So it's not like Triple H hyping up a show with a promo before a great NXT pay-per-view. 
it's just it, it's just this guy who really loves this wrestling company. <laughs> like if you didn't know he was the owner, you would think he like worked for the building or something. He's just like, <laughs> all right, guys, we have a great show for you tonight. Like his voice was cracking and it was it was great. And that's why I love the guy, but that's also why he will never ever be on TV, and that's probably for the best. See, I'm disappointed because I he was he was not at the show the dynamite that I went to. Interesting. I know. Didn't see uh, Tony Khan live, so I'm, I maybe missed that, that was, little little piece of enjoyment. Maybe it was because you saw it in State Farm, and he felt like the energy was already sufficiently high, but he was trying to gear us up. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. I I don't know. I don't know. But uh, no. Um. So they've been doing this whole thing with Brian Danielson going through the Dark Order because obviously he's going to wrestle Hangman for the title. Which the fact that they announced again, they just announced things and it's weird. Like they just announced it like two hours before Dynamite. They're like, and in two weeks on Dynamite, yeah. the title match. And it's like, good gosh, these guys are so annoying with this crap. It's like, make it a part of the show. Like I just don't understand. I don't understand yeah. their big push of just lazily throwing matches together online. Like, it's, I mean, we know the match is going to happen, but like, make that, a, right. I just don't know why you can't do that on the show. I, it's weird. I, I don't either. Well, you know, you're doing something wrong when every time you hear about a title match, I think, wait, did they announce that? Yeah. When did they announce that? Every single time. Yep. Just have him say, you know, in 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 three weeks, I'm gonna chat. Like, why? I don't know why we have to wait till the last minute for these things. Exactly. I, well, you know, just have him say, "All right, I'm gonna do it. Can't do it next week. We've already got a match scheduled two weeks." Like, just say it on television. Have yeah. the moment happen. I don't yeah. know. But but, but I like listen. you know. But because of that, so that's the story. So he's basically going through and just beating up all the Dark Order members, which is great. And yeah. it's even better because now. They're starting to put them in matches in their hometown because Alan Angels is from Atlanta. So it just makes it even better because then you have a whole other element to the match and a reason for it to happen and a reason for people to care. And then Alan Angels goes on and puts on a fantastic show. Obviously, Brian Danielson can make anybody look good, but... Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, Angels got his stuff in. There was an actual wrestling match. And then at the end, Brian Danielson absolutely slaughtered him and makes him still look like a vicious monster. So it was great. I thought it was perfect. Yeah, I I don't know if we've discussed this because we missed a week or two. How do we feel about Brian Danielson's like quasi heel run here? Like he's not cheating yet. That might be coming later. And he didn't like super explicitly turn, but he's clearly going to be the heel in this feud. And I like it. I think he's good at it. And I think he's playing the right kind of heel in that, like, he can, he's still recognizably the same person. He's just less likable yeah. now. I, I think it's perfect. I think it's the perfect way to do it with a character like him. And, and by that, I mean a big new signing that everyone loves and everyone loves to watch. It's the perfect way to go into that. And it's the perfect way to do a babyface versus babyface feud on mm -hmm. top of that. And then afterwards, he can either go full bore into it very easily or he could back off and still be a babyface eventually at this point pretty easily. So I think it's smart what they're doing and it's incredibly entertaining because, I mean, it's Brian Danielson. Yeah, exactly. And I love how wrestle centric it all is for yes. his character. Like yep. when he got here, he was like, yeah, I'm a professional wrestler. 
I want to keep doing it. I want to wrestle the best people. I'm here. Let's do it. And his whole, I guess we'll call it a heel turn, if not a heel run, yeah. came out. And he's like, hey, I'm not going to lie, man. I'm pretty irritated because I wanted to fight Kenny Omega again. And now I just got to wrestle you. And that's not going to be as much good wrestling. Mm-hmm. That's great. Like yeah. that, And that's how he started antagonizing all these people. And this whole, you know, he doesn't have to cheat to win against these guys. But he's like, all right, fine. I'll just wrestle all your friends and I'll beat them all up. That's how I'll get my entertainment. It's been good. It's been fun. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I This is kind of a nitpick, but I thought the same thing with one of Kenny Omega's matches right before the uh, title. He squashed some guy. I don't remember who, but it wasn't really a squash. The other dude got a lot of offense yeah. in. Like the week before they were supposed to fight for the title at the pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. The same thing I, I kind of felt here. Alan Angel's got more offense in than I was expecting. Yeah. Which is fine. And I get, you know, they want to build other people up. I get all that. Total nitpick. Still super fun match. I got to watch Daniel Bryan wrestle live, dude. Yeah. I don't think I, I don't know if I've ever gotten to do that before. If I, I did. I've never was... seen him. <clears throat> I don't think I've seen Oh no. <laughs> yeah, no, I did. Uh he he wrestled in the uh the pre show of WrestleMania twenty seven for the u.s title with sheamus and then they turned it into a battle royal halfway through the match (laughs) and it was really stupid i remember going into that show me and my dad were like all right we're looking at the match card and we were like all right you know this match will be fun this match will be fun and then we're like but probably one of the best matches is going to be this uh daniel bryan i'm pretty sure it was sheamus because i think the year after they did that squash when he was the champion um now, I don't remember if it was Sheamus or not, but it was Daniel Bryan and someone for the U.S. title. And we're like, well, that'll be great because, you know, Daniel Bryan's awesome. And then, then then they did that crap. And it was like, oh, my gosh, mm. this is a foreshadowing of this show. Um, But uh, yeah, so that is really cool. You got to see like a proper Bryan Danielson uh, wrestling match. Yeah. Yeah. Super fun. Can't complain. And then, of course, afterwards, he oh, gets they also he's like, oh, sorry, that was what I was going to say, too. You mentioned uh, Alan Angels probably getting too much offense in. They've been doing that a lot with everybody like uh it's been happening in punks matches too mm-hmm. over the past several weeks where you're like why is lee moriarty getting all, like yeah. almost beating punk like it's yeah. kind of getting they they've done that a lot yeah no i agree and even with like the with the punk thing though at least in kayfabe you can have this rationale that like he's still rusty, right? Like he's one, he's older, he's like 40 or whatever. And he hasn't been doing this full time for that long yet. But even then, I I agree with you. I think it's a little bit too much and it's kind of irritating, especially when, and we're getting a little ahead of ourselves here, but like after that match, MJF hops on the mic and is like, what are you serious? You're supposed to be a great wrestler. Cause you spent 20 minutes putting away Lee Moriarty. I don't mm-hmm. think so. Like yep. that was a little too close to true. For me. No, it was true. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, yeah, that's, Hmm. But anyway, so we'll get, yeah, but we'll get into that. In, opening in match minute. was good. Yeah. Good. Uh, good crowd too. I mean, crowd was into it and they were, they were into it for Alan angels. Yeah, I was a little surprised by that because, I mean, for me, like, I'm not going to root against the guy because he's clearly supposed to be the babyface. We can talk about that with some other wrestlers later. But, um, yeah, like, I, I, 
I'm not going to boo Brian Danielson. I'm just not. <laughs> I've never gotten to see him wrestle live before. There was a period of time where I thought he was done and I would never see him wrestle. Yeah. So I was just trying to enjoy the ride. But then, you know, he gets on the mic and he does stuff like say, so this is the best Atlanta has to offer, huh? And we're like, no, dude, not even close. Like, are you kidding? <laughs> like he's but, coming up on the show later, man. Like, Right. Well, and if you're... <laughs> You know, if you acknowledge other wrestling companies, like, I don't know, AJ Styles exists, right? Mm -hmm. Like, there's other guys out there. Although he is from Gainesville. <laughs> well, right. But this was in Duluth, which is closer to <laughs> Gainesville true. than that it was That basically is Gainesville. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, Alan Angels, I don't know where he went to school, but Daniel Bryan said on Twitter, he graduated in that building. Like, yeah, he must have yeah. gone to Peachtree Ridge or North Gwinnett or somewhere. Like, a bunch of local high schools use it. Yeah, yeah, they did. They said that on the broadcast too. Oh, okay. okay. No, I, see, I, they didn't say the school. They just said he graduated yeah. in that building. It'll be interesting to see like what you heard on TV that I didn't hear that may yeah. have made things better or worse. But anyway, yeah, that was super fun. So what was next? Was Punk next, or was there something yeah. else I'm missing? Okay. Yeah, Punk was. Uh, yeah, Punk was Punk was next, and um, yeah, I mean that. I'm trying to think if they did like another segment. I'm, I think they did some sort of backstage segment. Those are hard for me to keep track of. Um, okay. Well, I, I only remember, remember the next one. match well, was, uh, was, okay. was punk and Lee Moriarty. That was the next match. Yeah. So wait, I know they had announced that Lee Moriarty was fighting punk, but I completely forgot. So when he came out, my friends were like, who is this guy? And I was like, I have no idea. Yeah. I've absolutely no idea. And then people started kind of chanting CM Punk. And I thought, Oh, here we go. And then I got to see CM Punk wrestle a wrestling match with my yeah. own two eyes. And yeah. it was very cool. Yeah. Again, would have been a little more fun if he had kind of steamrolled the guy. Like, I kind of feel like he should have. But I don't know. We're picking nits at this point. I never thought I would get to see it. I did. It was really fun. It was it was solid. He got a great little uh, counter to hit the GTS. That was pretty fun. Yeah, that finish was fun. Yeah. Now, okay, how I well one MJF came out on commentary and mm -hmm. a lot of people hated it. I okay. thought it was fun. Uh, like there, it's sometimes it's tough with the heel announcers. Like it can be too much when they're just full on heel, and it's like, yeah. well, what are you gonna like? How you know the other announcers can't really like fight back, so it's kind of weird when they go too far. And I think that's what a lot of people were complaining about with MJF. But it's MJF. Like, I thought it was hilarious. Like, he was legitimately just trashing punk this whole time. And I, I thought it was fun. I, I enjoyed. But I enjoy pretty much everything MJF does. So, um, I, I do want to ask, because I, I don't know if I'm off base here. And maybe I could just be, maybe I'm just being played by CM Punk. Did, did CM Punk look completely blown up, like, halfway through that match? I couldn't. Because really he looked tell. done. Like watching it, he looked gone. And then mm. there was there were some botched spots. There was some sloppy. And I was like, he's done. Like he is gassed. And no one seemed to think that. Everyone on Twitter was talking about how great of a match this was. Mm. And I was like, this match was not good. Like they were off. And Punk looked tight. He looked he looked like he got blown up to me watching it. But and I was like, obviously that could just be you know, that could just be what he was doing for the match. But when you see a bunch of like sloppy and kind of miss spots on top of that, mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I'm like, this just doesn't look good. And like that, um, the spot, like the like double, like pin. I'm trying to think. I don't know how to de- how to describe. Yeah, it's that it. thing where they're like sitting right on top of one another. Yeah, and, one and then they keep like pin, alternating who's getting the pin. That was horrible. It's a bit silly. It was bad. It was it, and it was poorly executed. And there was a part where Punk was being pinned and didn't really kick out. Like I saw that. I, he, I noticed that. Like the guy just kind of stopped it too. Yeah, like he looked blown up. He looked done. And no one else picked up on it, so I don't know if I'm I, wrong there or what, but it just it didn't look good. Live, it was difficult to tell. It is hard to tell that stuff. The live. difference between, like, when you can't see the look on his face directly, because we mm-hmm. were kind of, you know, higher up in the in the seats, it kind of, it looked like he was just selling or selling time. Sure, like, sure. Like, it's hard to tell. So it was kind of the same issue I said where, like, Lee Moriarty got a lot of offense in, and I wasn't really feeling that. It felt the same way. So you could feel it drag a little bit. And there's a part of your brain that's like, man, Steam Punk is not looking great right now. But I think that's just the match. So I, I couldn't tell from television. It is also very fun to just boo MJF in person. Like, I was ticking a lot of <laughs> AEW boxes, right? Yeah. Like, there's the big stuff. Like, you get to see Danielson and Punk wrestle, and I never thought I'd get to do that. And there's also getting to do the, uh, the Tarzan Boy entrance when we saw yeah. the uh, – Jurassic Express match that was really fun and then there's a couple more that we'll get to and one of them is hearing that and just losing your mind like that's really really fun I'm trying to think I don't remember if MJF I don't think MJF wrestled on the show that I went to I think he was hurt at I'm trying to remember mm -hmm. I don't think he did though yeah he didn't wrestle on um to be honest my dynamite wasn't great uh it had like two really good moments. Obviously the last match was the greatest thing I've ever seen. And then right. it had Darby's return from injury, which was the biggest pop of the night probably at, at that show. So, mm. I mean, it was good. It was a good show, but um, yeah, I'm trying to think, I don't think I got to see MJF at that show. I don't think so. I don't remember now, but um, how do we feel about, MJF came out in a freaking amazing Hanukkah suit, too. That thing was <laughs> smooth. That was the kind of thing that I didn't notice live until I saw you mention it on Twitter. I think finer details there. But, um, okay, I don't think we've gotten to talk about this, but I was playing catch-up on all these different Dynamite episodes going into this show because I wanted to know what's going on with Punk and what's going on with Brian Danielson specifically. Mm-hmm. The... Both of these two guys fighting one another, the feud is is perfect. That's exactly yep. what needs to happen. The first segment they had where Punk comes all the way out, just looks at him, and MJF does that classic dirtbag thing where he pretends he's going to be the good guy, and he's like, Maxwell, hi, and gives him like that DreamWorks smile, you know, mm-hmm. where he's doing the face. And Punk just laughs and walks away because he knows that's like the worst thing he can possibly do to this guy. It's <laughs> just not take him seriously. Yep. The next week's segment, so this would have been, well, the week before this, last week or two weeks ago as you listen to this, whatever. One of the best segments I think Dynamite's produced. I loved it. It was just, I know you love you know wrestling and the way they open shows with a big wrestling match. Mm-hmm. This was 18 straight minutes of two dudes talking, yep. and it was awesome. I loved it. It was, it was, was one of the so best things. It. it was one of the best segments in a long long time like it was 
And like I said, uh, Dynamite pretty much always starts off with like a 10 to 15 minute long match, usually kind of a banger. And and that's great and because it's the polar opposite of what WWE has done for 30 years. And it's brilliant. But a couple of times they have done a segment. And this is one of the times where it was just awesome. Like that that segment was it, it was one of the best AEW segments I've maybe ever seen. Like those two yeah. guys just killed it. And to be honest, they almost were too good because the segment from last week or from this past week was not nearly as good. I thought it was still fine, but it just wasn't nearly as good. But it's because the other one was so good. Exactly. Exactly. So like that segment, the thing I loved about it is they they let it b- pick up steam. Right. Yeah. Like MJF starts talking and he's got a couple zingers. But he's got a lot of like heel 101. Every bad guy in your local, you know, indie federation is going to have lines like this and some really low hanging fruit in ways that isn't particularly original or or credible. Right. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm going to get you out of here quicker than your UFC run. And it was almost like, oh, okay, there it is. Although, to be fair, they have not mentioned that one time yet since Punk. Yeah, so it was good. It was good, but it just wasn't as good as we know MJF can be. Yeah. And just as you're it also was a little long. Scene, I think they, they, they could have shortened it a little bit, maybe a little bit, but then once he finishes that punk says, I am so disappointed in you. Like punk calls him out. He's like, mm-hmm. dude, that was not like, that was not as special as I've been led to believe you are. Like, are you kidding? And it just goes from there. And they both like escalate and elevate their performance. Yep. And MJF's rebuttal to that was some of his best work. And I just, I love all of that. And I, anyway, I'm, I'm forgetting a lot of the specifics because it's been a minute since I watched it, but that segment was so good. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. All that being said this week, I was like, Oh, okay. It was pretty good. There just wasn't, yeah. like you said, they couldn't it was really just a little escalate. bit too long. It like and it, like you could see them yeah. kind of run out of stuff, and then they yeah. kept kind of trying to go and, and and they're good enough that they can do it. But yeah, it was a little. It just. It, but again, I, th- I I honestly think that's more just because the week before was so good. I agree. Like nothing about it was bad, but no. like I will say, PG Punk is is already tired. Like that's. Yeah. That is some real, like, you know, Punk famously called him less famous Miz, right? And that was mm-hmm. a really good line. I, I take offense great... to that. I take offense <laughs> to the Miz hatred. <laughs> I don't think it was hatred. I think it was, you know, anyway. I think it was hatred. Then Punk, MJF Punk, Punk does not like the Miz. Oh, that's true. That's true. He hates the Miz. I the Miz was that. in a WrestleMania main event and Punk was not. Yeah, I forgot about that. So... MJF comes back and hits him with this great bit, which he's like, man, you're not nearly as good or as interesting as you used to be. Like, you might as well come out here every week and talk about hustle, loyalty, and respect. That, yeah, that was, was awesome. awesome. Yeah. I love that. But this week, PG Punk, that's not it. That is a very, this is where I was going with this. That is a very WWE-esque thing. Like mm-hmm. that is clearly something it, it feels like something that somebody wrote down because they think people will chant it or they can put it on merch or whatever. Like it's, yeah. it's not over. No. It's not clever or original. I don't care about it. It's not like he's the, like if it's edge. 
his whole thing was that he's the rated R superstar. So if you're like, no, man, you're PG at worst, like then it works. Yeah. It doesn't work when it's CM Punk because that doesn't it doesn't make sense. Like being hardcore and R rated was never his gimmick. Nope. It's also very weird that MJF has latched on to like alleging that CM Punk is hooking up with Britt Baker when like everyone knows that's not actually happening. Yeah, that is kind of weird. That's a weird like line to draw because nobody buys it. Like it, I don't know. I, like it wouldn't be a heel move if he was single. I, I don't think. But if you're like, well, now you're just making me wish that AJ Lee would come out and kick his ass, and that's not going <laughs> to happen. So what are we doing here? Like, why would you bring that up in your wrestling show? Yeah, I don't know. Said, it is weird. I don't. Yeah, and that's one of those things where I was like, did he mention something on commentary about this? Like, where's this coming from? I don't. Well, it started last week. Oh no, uh, the whole thing was because Punk or er, mentioned that Britt Baker was one of the pillars of AEW and not. MJF in that promo right. the week before. That's how so that even M- was brought up. But yeah, that I don't know where that's going. That doesn't make any sense. So then MJF's counter is to say, "Oh, well, you must you must like her then." Like, what right. are you twelve? Like, Come what on, are we taking just... a page out of Chris Jericho's book here? Yeah, no kidding. Exactly. That's exactly what it's like. You're the one who took it there, man. That's not act like you've been there before. You know, mm-hmm. don't be weird. But anyway, um. Hey, that being said, if it does end with like AJ Lee coming out during their match and kicking him in the balls, then I take everything back. This is great. <laughs> I'm here for it. Whatever, you know, that's fine. Um, that being said, I it, oh, and then it ended with him saying, "Hey, if you ever bring your dog to Dynamite, I will kill your dog." Yep, <laughs> it was it was kind of all over the place. I feel like he's really trying, but he might be trying a little too hard. It, it didn't feel as natural and as character driven as everything they did the week before. But again, that was a whole lot of time spent nitpicking something that was really pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that, that is fair. I liked that because uh, apparently this week it's going to be in, uh, in in Long Island, which is where MJF is from. And and I love how he ended all they talking about he's going to be better than Bret Hart in Canada. Uh, Roddy Piper in uh, Portland and Punk in Chicago. That that was fun. That was very good. I liked that a lot. Yeah, I I, I like that. So, yeah, it was uh, yeah, it was good. Again, that's a great feud, and it's it's gonna be awesome. However, it goes. I I hope I hope they stretch this thing out for months, like they should be doing with most of their things. <laughs> Bless you. Yeah, yeah. I mean- <laughs> Y'all wasn't sure how audible that was. Sorry. Oh yeah, that. we all heard it. Um, cool. Yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be fun. Um. So what was the next match? Did Wardlow have a squash match? Yeah, I went to get a drink during this. So <laughs> it's Wardlow, um, though, man. Yeah, exactly. Wardlow's awesome. Like, not, he's good at what he does, but I know exactly what's gonna happen, and I had to pee, and I wanted to buy a beer, so that was my. <laughs> opportunity because you're not going during the brian match and you're not going during the punk match true so when they're like war however his song goes i was like okay here we go i don't know i i I like i I like wardlow and i like that they keep pushing him like this and eventually it's going to lead to mjf wardlow breakup and it's going to be awesome yeah that sounds pretty cool i can i can see that yeah that's going to be that's going to be fun so uh 
I honestly don't remember who he beat. Who who did he beat? I did not see a second of it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know. Adams? It just says Adams. I, I don't know who <laughs> Adams is. <laughs> That's actually a really great jobber gimmick to not have a first and last name, <clears throat> to just be Adams. I'm a big fan of that. Yeah, so good for him. Uh, anyway, what was next? Well, the, the next match is one that I'm still mad about. Um, so we had a tag team match next, Harris. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Was there anybody good in it? Anybody no. you, you're a fan of? <laughs> no, there was not. All right. Then after that match, there was. <laughs> okay. Really? <laughs> <laughs> You, what are you waiting on? Just talk about it. I'm done. It was good. It was good. I had a good time. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I Unfortunately, you, I, you might hate me more for this. I don't know. I didn't know that was coming, so I missed the entrance because I was still in line. So I mm. heard Sting's music. I was like, oh, shit, I got to get back in there. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it was really fun. When did they get Billy Gunn back? What, how long has he been in the company? What's going always. on with that? Okay, always. He's literally been there. For, oh, that's since right. That's started. right. Because Triple H had that line at the Hall of Fame where he was like, Vince will buy that little pissant company just to fire you again. That's right. I just. When was the last time he was an active te- character on television, though? I think uh, that's what threw me off. Several, like, really? For the past several months. I've just not. Been. They just haven't been on TV necessarily every week. Oh, okay. But, well, that makes me feel better. But no, they, like, they've been consistently. A thing because they turned heel back a few months ago. Well, see, this is this is entirely on me for not being interested in whatever he's doing, which is fine. But they were really good foils for Sting and Darby, and I yeah, like they're, that they're they good have... for the position that they're that yeah. they've kind of been booked in. Like they they serve a purpose, and they've actually been undefeated. This was their first loss nice. as a team. Okay, yeah. So, so that's a really solid. Again, that's, I'm, not, I'm not criticizing the show. It's on me for not knowing that. I just thought it was kind of funny, and I like how like. Obviously, Darby has the big old guy with him in Sting, mm-hmm. but yep. also the Gun Club has the big old guy. And yep. watching them square and Billy Gunn, like that was really fun. That was cool, and like alluding to wrestling history in a way that didn't feel forced or heavy-handed, which yep. it's really easy for it to do sometimes. I liked that a lot. Um, it also obviously- works really well because Billy Gunn's actually bigger than Sting. Yeah. And so that, and, that, that, that helps. Well, you remember, like, obviously Vince is criticized a lot for prioritizing size the way he does, but it's always funny to see like proper ex WWE guys in person against mm. AEW wrestlers. Like Billy Gunn looks huge. And you're yeah. like, Oh yeah, that's why. Cause he the was. man's like punk. six, five, like, you know, yeah. two eighty well, or whatever. Punk is huge. Like you forget how yeah, tall Punk's he is. Like six, one, six, WWE, two. Same with Jeff Hardy. I remember seeing Jeff Hardy for the first time. I was like, holy crap, the dude's six foot two. And he's okay, the small funny. high flyer in WWE. Yeah, that would throw me for a loop if I ever saw that. I mean, Edge, but, um, like uh, in the 90s, yeah. all those, you know, quote unquote, light heavyweights, high flyers or whatever are yeah. all six two at like six one, six two at least. Yeah. It's, it's, oh, it is man. funny. It is funny. Just the size was so different, you know, 25 years ago. And mm-hmm. then, then you know, Daniel Bryan ruined all of that. 
Well, and then you have Darby <laughs> Allen, you know, tearing it up. Darby Allen is literally smaller than me. Yeah. There was a lot of really fun dynamics going on here. A lot of action, a lot of high-flying stuff. Staying. Dude, every time Darby does that, just I'm going to run 300 miles an hour and then launch myself out of the ring. I uh-huh. always think both people are going to die. Every time. And in this match, I thought he was dead because at one point he just went headfirst into the ground and I was like, he might be dead. This might be it. Every Darby match. I'm like, well, he might be dead. And then he get he comes staggering mm-hmm. back up the thing and I'm like, he ain't selling. <laughs> he yeah, had one on had Billy Gunn in this match. Like when he dove outside, he literally was like lower and his head went like right into the ground. And I was like, oh my gosh, why do you do this? Yeah. Well, and <laughs> I don't know the speed. I thought about this about halfway through, like, you know, there was kind of a lull. You have Sting come in and play the hits, but he doesn't quite get the win. People start interfering. And then Darby, who's been like dead on the side of the ring for a while, goes on this crazy tear where he's running back and forth across the ring, taking out everybody. Mm-hmm. And a part of me was like, some people are going to like if it were anyone else, people would be really annoyed that he's not selling like yeah. the beating he took in this match at all. But it's so fun. And the dynamic between him and Sting is so fun. And the bad guys is so fun. Sting, I liked and, it a and lot. Again, man, Sting can go like the dude's 62 years old. And I mean, Billy Gunn is, too. And that dude's still a like sculpture, which is insane. But, like, Sting is doing the back-and-forth Stinger splashes, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, the dude can still run. Yeah, he's in su- – we were talking about that after the match. And it was funny because I was there with two of my friends who, know, you know, follow wrestling. They aren't super hardcore fans, but, like, they know who people are. And my third friend who doesn't know anything about wrestling. So I was trying to explain everyone to him, basically, as we went along. And there was a moment where we were like, oh, yeah, by the way, that guy who just came out, he's like 63 years old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Both but of them, Sting and Billy Gunn. Yeah, it's true. Poor Billy Gunn. I'm not even giving him any credit. Like, it just looks – he's in such a sweet spot right now mm-hmm. where he can come out and play the hits, do it quickly but look good doing it, and then get out of there without having to take too much damage. It's and, a lot and of fun. And he, he is an established character of – being this like unstoppable beast and people like him enough that he can still get away with that even if it doesn't necessarily always make sense yeah like sounds about right. people like him enough and respect him enough you know john cena does it oh super cena that whole thing uh sting does it yes <laughs> well, yes no of- I, I fall into that too i'm 100 guilty of it and i love it every time he gets suplexed and stands right back up as the other as the heel is celebrating and then the heel turns around and is terrified i don't care i'm gonna pop for it every time yeah well and like it's it's the undertaker thing right like that's yeah. what i was i was explaining to my friend I was like okay you know how the undertaker is like this old man with some supernatural stuff and He's been doing this forever, so everyone loves and respects him. Like, not a one-to-one comparison, but similar vibes from Sting. Yep. I remember one of the um, the Survivor Series I went to in Atlanta, which was a pretty meh show if you weren't there. But I enjoyed it, and people were really mad because that was the show where um, – I almost said Sting. No, not Sting. Uh, Undertaker and Kane teamed up to fight the Wyatt family. 
and everybody for like the 17th time thought, oh, yeah, Bray Wyatt's going to get a big win over an established superstar. And it was just a squash match. And people were mad about that. But I was like, listen, I wanted to see The Undertaker come to the ring and do the sit up and do the choke slam and do the tombstone. And he did. So I'm happy. So that was very much what this sting match was. And it was a lot of fun. And I am. it. It's absolutely wildly unfair that I got to see that live and you did it because I don't think I even knew that was on the card until like Wednesday morning. And I was like, oh, OK, cool. And then the more I thought about it, like during the match, I was like, this he, he barely even wrestles anymore. It's wild that this has happened. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's the second time he's wrestled on Dynamite. Yeah, something like that. I mean. He hasn't wrestled that many times in the company, period. Ooh, maybe like five. Yeah. It's wild. In like, so, yeah, in a year, he's wrestled like five times, I think. Yeah. <sighs> Crazy. Harris didn't even know who Sting was before That's, like six years ago. I saw you. I, I thought you were going to say on Twitter, you were like, he didn't even know who Sting was before he met me. I did. No, you didn't. But yeah. I Yes, I did. How? Because I I started watching wrestling in 2014, dude. We didn't meet until like senior year of college. Oh yeah, I guess it was a. Oh yeah, I keep forgetting it was like a couple years after you started watching wrestling. Like that was how wrestling. we connected. Right, 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 Somebody right, 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 was right. like, "Hey, Harris, Mark, the guy from our softball team, also watches wrestling." And I was like, "Wait, really?" Well, I still we just started... assume you don't know about anything from the 90s until you met me, because most of it you didn't. Because your 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 thing was, "Oh yeah, that stupid company that had well, David Arquette I... win the championship." <laughs> right but like and i knew like i wasn't like oh yes yeah, thing is that loser who showed up and got buried by triple h like i knew who he was because so we're, we're just gonna talk about sting for an hour now That's like fine. i started watching in the spring of 14 yeah. his big debut was that survivor series that, that is year. true like, yeah that that's was, a good point and that moment was awesome everything after it that was, was bad but it was that a great moment, moment was awesome. So that was a little bit of a catalyst for me to know who this guy was and also understand, okay, this is the guy from the rival company that they thought would never, ever come here. And then, mm-hmm. oh, so WWE is not going to tell a competent story. They're just going to rehash the Monday Night Wars. That's yep. that's pretty lazy, yep. but definitely track. Well, you know what I mean? Like that was I, I knew who he was and I knew he got screwed or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, yeah, you know, I even sense. in um, even in the WWE produced documentaries on the Monday Night Wars, they're never like and Sting in his baseball bat. What a dork! <laughs> like he's not the target of their ire, even in their own propaganda. You know, so I I did know who he was, but yeah, certainly not fair that I got to see it and you didn't. That's no, that's more than fair. No, that is uh, yeah, that's that's very disappointing. Sorry, buddy. Anyway, yeah. uh, what else happened? What's next? I don't even care. That was the that was that was the only thing that mattered is that Harris got to see Sting. I haven't even gotten to see Darby Allen wrestle because the one that I went to was his return from injury, which was a great moment. But so I haven't gotten to see him wrestle either. So congratulations, Harris. <sighs> I haven't gotten to see Goldberg wrestle either. Although a lot well, of that, although think... a lot of that uh, aura has uh, unfortunately gone away. I was going to say, I don't think you're missing much with that. You know what they should have done when they re-signed Goldberg is they should have redone the streak and been real silly about it. Like having <laughs> kill jobbers every week, like it was 1998. 
and each week like do it over the course of i don't know two months so that every week he's he's wrestled 30 more times and just build it build it and build it that's a that's a perfect like really stupid idea that would definitely be fun like i wish th- that's something they that's something dumb enough that they should have done think- like how this did they not think so of this? So much nostalgia. How I did know. they not think of that? Because I don't it would know. have been hilarious for like two months. You could look like the same way you would look forward to like Bo Dallas going on a winning streak where he'd like kill all these people you never heard of. <laughs> yeah. It would be fun. Like every week you want to see Goldberg hit his three moves and win in thirty seconds and like it would be great. I love it. I think it'd be yeah, I I'm with you. That'd be awesome. You know, fifty eight year old Goldberg is just on a hundred win streak and his whole thing is i'm gonna beat my i'm gonna exactly. beat my other record and they're and then a real wrestler will be like all right i'll wrestle you and be like no i'm gonna wrestle this guy <laughs> <laughs> exactly. that would be a, if, but, if they wanted him to turn heel that would be fantastic right but no they're gonna put him in a real feud anyway we're i don't we're care wwe now um, we got to keep this thing moving what happened next uh so yeah so that happened sting and darby allen won um which was fun and yeah, I, I enjoyed that match a lot. It wasn't anything like great necessarily like match wise, but I th- I thought they all did a good job and I had a lot of fun. Um, it was the uh, the TBS championship tournament match with uh, Ruby Soho and Chris Statlander, and that was a good match. It was really fun. I was so kind of the opposite of what we were saying about Alan Angels and, and um, Lee Moriarty. Like I was pleasantly surprised with how one over Statlander was and two, how much offense she got in. Like she's one of the few that like, I remember being interested in when she signed up. Cause that's the kind of fun, silly gimmick that I can get into. And she was like an original with the company and then got hurt. and was out of action for a long time. And it feels like in the interim, they've signed all these other female wrestlers. And I've kind of been worried about Statlander going by the wayside, but she looked great in this match. She had a lot of good moments where you genuinely thought she could win. Mm-hmm. And and people were behind her. That was kind of what I was in, I was afraid of was that people would root for Ruby Soho because, you know, she's the ti- the shiniest new toy in the box. Yeah. And maybe she is. And, you know, people were behind her. But it was 50-50, like Soho Statlander, the whole match. And it was long, got a lot of time in. Really, the best thing they can do for women's wrestling at this point is like have more viable characters, right? Viable yeah. wrestlers, viable personalities like stars exactly and and like viable wrestling opponents too and this did such a good job of leaving you saying okay either one of them could have won that match like mm-hmm. it, which it that was i think that over. was the point because they even yeah. ended it like that like because i was sitting here and i'm like okay obviously they're gonna have ruby so win this match but like they've kind of been trying to build statlander back up and they need to and so I was wondering how they were going to handle that. And then they handled it great because it was one of those things where so just kind of got the advantage real quick and just barely was able to pull out the win. And Statlander still looks fine. And yeah, they did a really good job with that, I thought. And then they had um, who came out and attacked them after this. There was some moment where they had to like stand together against. I don't even remember, people, but I don't remember specifically. Anyway, I liked it. I liked it. It was really fun. A lot of action. Oh, Nyla, Nyla Rose came That's out. That's right. Vicky. Right. Yeah, and I, I turned Guerrero it I, I, them. I muted the television <laughs> and didn't watch that part. That was a great moment because my two friends who, like, know who wrestling people are are like, hang on, what? 
I completely like I caught them up on a lot of stories. I had no point in the evening thought to be like, oh, yeah, by the way, Vicky Guerrero also works here. So that was this really funny moment. Uh, Then they ran her off. Yeah, that was that was fine. Listen, she's the worst. But like whoever you line up against her is going to get cheered. So that's good. Mm hmm. Yeah. No. uh, So now. It's uh, oh, shoot. What's the. Who's left in that bracket? I don't even remember. Because I know it's oh yeah she it's gonna be Nyla Rose and Ruby Soho now in the semifinals I think and then Thunder Rosa and uh, Jade, Jade Cargill, Cargill, right? uh, Cargill yeah. in the other one yeah 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 and those are, those are probably the four well again I just don't care about Nyla Rose like I just nothing about watching her wrestle interests me at this point like overexposure has killed her mm-hmm. over the past well, two years I think you can like her role. They did this in the um in the battle royale ma- or the triple threat match. I forget which one. The one with her and Jade Cargill and Thunder Rosa. Like, if her role for right now is to be in this moment, so you go, oh come on, yeah, and then are excited when the other person wins. Like that's fine. But yeah, I'm not gonna like the idea of TBS champion Nyla Rose is not appealing to me right now. No, no, it it needs to be Thunder Rosa. Need 100. She's the biggest star potentially in the company. And she needs to be treated like it. And I want to see huge... I want to see Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa, champion versus champion. Mm. Thunder two belts. That could Print, be interesting. Printing money. Mm. I'm a huge fan of like when she just gets really mad and starts speaking like half in Spanish. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> and she sounds like because she has a kid, right? Like she sounds like an angry mom when I don't she starts th- chewing people out in Spanish. She... Does she Does not? She okay, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I don't. Think. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. That's a reach. Well, either way, she. It's just. It's powerful, like angry mother energy, and it's yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. I really love it. Like it's. <laughs> it's a great contrast. Basically, everything about her is a great contrast to Jade Cargill, and I yeah. like that they kind of have this on again off again feud that's very fun yeah it'll be interesting to see how jade cargill does in an actual like big time match because i mean she's brand new and not great as technically in the ring yet just because she's so new so it'll be interesting to see her in like this big spot with thunder rosa next i think it's i think it's this this week so that'll be Mm -hmm. that'll be interesting to see but uh yeah that was a good match um, all right. Then the main event, I, I, for the what third week in a row, it's just whatever city we're in street fight. Well, um, hang, hang on, hang on. I don't mean to interrupt you too much here. Uh, Miro had another video oh, package. Yeah. It's the only video package that I care about. <laughs> yeah, he did. I don't know what this man's going to do, but I, I can't wait to see him do it. He's, he's trying to fight God. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> he's filming from the void. He's lost his entire mind. I cannot wait. I love it can't wait to see what happens see like yeah it's it's confusing because like if this was kenny omega we 100 would know he would literally wrestle a match against nobody and (laughs) it would be amazing but with miro i don't know what's gonna happen well and if kenny omega did this it would be goofy and he would would have like some wink and a nod like oh look at me i'm so coy i'm so smart Yep. Miro is very, very serious. And that's why he's such a great character, because everything he does, he's completely earnest about. But yeah, so I have no idea what it's going to look like. I have no idea what it's going to look like. Absolutely none. Nope. But I'm here for it. I that, that I do know. 
Oh, man. Uh, all right. So, yeah, uh, for the third week in a row, it's whatever city we're in, street fight. Uh, they did the Philadelphia street fight. They did the uh, Minneapolis street fight. And now we have the Atlanta street fight because someone at AEW either is doing it as a joke or is dumb. And I'm not quite I can never quite tell sometimes. I do prefer it if it's a joke. I do, too. I, it's, it's one thing. This is way, way like a left term, but it's one thing when it's a holiday themed one because it's supposed to be kind of goofy and stupid and I don't care. Mm-hmm. Like one year, I remember Dean Ambrose and Bray Wyatt had a miracle on 34th Street fight. They do that almost <laughs> every year. That's fun. I'm a fan of that. They yeah. have like Christmas trees they hit each other with and stuff. That's fun. I don't. We've talked about many Halloween. a Christmas uh, wrestling yeah. thing. Oh, absolutely. Many, Santa. Many. Oh, man. We need to revisit that. Anyway, so yeah, it's weird when it's a city because you're like, that's not really a city. Remember, that's Harris, known Alberto for Del Rio fight. killed Santa. Albert the River. <laughs> that's canonically his name, and that's very funny. Um, yeah, no, I never forget. I rewatch that episode <laughs> every Christmas, like it's the Charlie Brown Christmas special. Oh, man. Anyway, um, anyway, uh, main event was a street fight with Andrade uh, and Cody. And. Uh, yeah. Which sorry, to be just honest, one more thing: the yeah, Atlanta yeah. street fight should be like over, like a drag race or a or a robbery or something. Like somebody stole the rims off Cody's car and he <laughs> wants to fight them. That's the only way an Atlanta street fight makes any and sense. And there has but to be a graffiti wall somewhere. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They oh, did man. get so they did have a hip hop artist at ringside at least. They did. So that was maybe that's what made it Atlanta. I don't know. Maybe is. Is T-Pain even from Atlanta? I don't know. I kind of figured he was, but he might not be. It's it's hard to tell because during that era, so many of them, obviously, that was the mecca of all of that. So, but I know some of them aren't. I don't know. I'm going to look this up. Oh, okay. They didn't mention it on commentary or anything? No. Oh, no. He's from, uh, well, he's from Florida. Okay. But I don't know if he got his career started in the Atlanta scene. He probably did. Again, most most artists did during that time period. So whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah. So this this match was interesting because a lot was going on in this match, obviously. Mm-hmm. And one of the weirdest parts, I don't know if you could tell. You probably, I don't know if you could tell from being there live. But on TV, all of a sudden, at some point, about four or five minutes into the match. We're all, everyone's watching, and all of a sudden, it looks like all the skin on Cody's back is coming off. And we're like, what is going on? Like, did is Cody peeling? Like, is, did some, did like, he, because at one point, he like threw a trash can, like, on him. And then we're like, did some, like, some sludge get on him? Like, we're like, hmm. what is going on? Oh, nope. It was a fireproofing gel for the final spot at the end. But that just, I guess, was coming off as soon as the match started. But I remember the whole match, everyone on Twitter, and we're all like, what's going on? Like, is Cody okay? So that, yeah, was, okay. that was pretty funny. That is really funny because, yeah, I couldn't see that at all. In fact, I, I, I saw your tweet after the fact. You were like, is Cody's back peeling? And I just thought, well, yeah, probably because he just got lit on fire. Like, I bet a lot of his skin got burnt. <laughs> I didn't realize that that was before. So yeah. that's very funny. Yeah, it was it was before. It was early on into the match. But uh I mean as far as you know, again, this is one of those matches kind of 
un it's not super it's kind of unremarkable. It's just it was just solid kind of from top to bottom with some good storytelling and some good moments and then a really really fun and out of nowhere crazy ending. And I mean that's what what more do you want? Like I feel like if you want more than that you're just kind of over, you're overbooking stuff. I don't know. Like I thought I thought it did what it needed to do and it was fun and I enjoyed it. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good way of putting it. It's just like that's what you want in a main event of a average television show like it was a good street fight there were a lot of good moments which we can kind of popcorn around a little bit but nothing too crazy happened they didn't overthink it he just won with a really sick spot yeah and i like that oh okay so i'm trying to think they brought the crowd a little bit i will say i was surprised with uh how long it took cody to bleed because it seemed like they (laughs) set up blood a blood spot like three times in the match before it actually happened. Yeah. And I was like, is he not going to bleed yet? And then, then he finally did. And it was like, kind of, I remember it was on like kind of a lame spot when he finally bled. And I was like, now, now he's going to bleed. He didn't bleed when he hit the corner of the ladder. He didn't bleed when like all these other things happened. Mm -hmm. It was like, he didn't bleed when he got hit in the head with a laptop, which that looked awesome. And, uh, Yes, yeah, so that oh, was yeah, kind of weird. But the the be- the main part to take away, other than the ending, was the, when he uh, looks underneath the ring and pulls out a sledgehammer, and then is like, "Nah," and then looks under the ring and pulls out a golden shovel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was awesome, man. Troll yeah. Cody. People people can hate it all they want. The pettiness mm-hmm. and like, oh, you shouldn't be focused so much on the other competition and uh, all that stuff. Like, and I get all of that. But at the same time, I just find it so amusing. I love it. Oh, yeah. Well, and I thought that was I, – I didn't even read that as a knock on WWE specifically so much as it was him like winking and nodding to the people who were like, Cody Rhodes is such a heel. He just buries everybody. I thought it would have been really funny if he took the you know Triple H weapon, the sledgehammer – just as a way to like make those parallels even more clear. And then when he got the shovel, that's kind of what I thought he was doing was like, yeah, I'm going to go bury this guy. Like I bury everyone else. Right. You idiots. Like that's how I read it. So I was, Oh, I think it was, I like, I I think it was, there was, I think there was a lot there. Yeah. You might be right. I don't know. But anyway, yeah, it was, it. it was really fun. It was funny. You, I didn't know it was a laptop from my seat. Like I was why would you hit him with a laptop? That's so valuable. That still doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but I don't know. From where I was, I was like, what on earth? <laughs> what is he getting out of? Did he hit him with a magazine? Like, what was that? But nope. yeah, as soon as he came out, I was like, oh, yeah, we're going to see Cody bleed. And he didn't bleed too much. I was proud of him. It was moderate. Yeah, he waited, waited for a while. Yeah, he waited a long time. Uh, the most important thing that happened other than the ending was when Arn Anderson absolutely ate it on the ramp. <laughs> As the brawl I forgot started. about that. Let's I forgot start, about too, by the way. that. Cody has his really elaborate like Homelander entrance that he rises up through the floor. And Andrade is immediately like, this is a street fight. I'm just going to go pummel this guy right now and mm-hmm. not let him do all his stupid poses on the way down. Oh, that reminds me. There's one other thing I want to talk about after the main event. Um, so you could see it's one of those things where like you can see it happening before it ends up on TV. Right. You can see him sprinting up the ramp before they cut to him or whatever. So that was really fun. Arn was uh, not ready for it because the dude <laughs> ate it and fortunately like fell on a different part of the stage and didn't fall like six feet 
yeah. off the stage. Yeah. I don't know. He pulled a David Arquette. Yes. <laughs> I forgot that he did that. That's one of my favorite wrestling clips because they don't catch it. They don't realize what happened until after the fact. And he's so just gone. Know, did you see him get back up on TV? Like, did they focus on it at all? No, uh, no like I mean, corner? it was there. It was there in the shot, <laughs> but no, they didn't like focus on it. Necessarily. So the other, um, what's the name of the guy that was with Andrade? I should Jose? know Jose, is that his name? Oh, okay, see, nobody knows. That's fine. Okay, great. So the the guy that was brawling with, um, with Arn, you could tell he knew that he wasn't on TV because he turns to Arn. Cody and Andrade are fighting. And then he reaches down real quick and grabs Arn and pulls him back onto the stage and then starts punching. <laughs> <laughs> because, of course, like, I get it. Yeah. It's just one of those really funny things that they're like, oh, well, they they knew we would see that, but they had to get their spot out of the way. So they didn't care. They just went ahead and did. <laughs> that was very funny. Uh, that's fantastic. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, and that then was awesome. I'm, I'm a huge fan of um, the like guy in a wrestling match uses a weapon in a way that would obviously kill somebody. Mm-hmm. So you know he's not going to hit it. Like Triple H famously does it with a sledgehammer like yep. every other time he uses it. Where he grabs it and goes for like this giant swing that would literally cave a right. man's skull in. <laughs> and you're like, okay, yeah. well, that's going to miss. Andrade with the chain was like, yeah, let me just whip this around and like bring it crashing down onto your skull. Yeah. And then immediately abandoned the chain to go get like a chair or something. You're like, no, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Big fan of that. That was very funny. And then, like you said, the ending, awesome. I, I like there's really no reason for the Brandy Rose like reveal to happen. It's not like it was this crazy return and it wasn't like a heel moment. Well, she hasn't been on TV for months. Sure. But she could have just run out and be like, Oh no, it's Brandy Rose. But instead she's got to run out and then rip the mask off and be like, yeah, it's me, Brandy Rose. But it was fun. Like it's just there to pop the crowd and it worked. Mm -hmm. So that was cool. And then, yeah, that's what a good woman find a woman who would literally light you on fire to help you in a match that was real cool (laughs) cody by the way i thought it was a little bit of a botch but now if you're telling me he had the fireproof gel on him earlier maybe it was intentional it was one of those finishes where he yeah hit all of the fire that he set for andrade (laughs) yeah that was weird yeah that was a weird kind of segment that part was kind of strange uh, on the execution and i'm not really sure what the goal was for uh for that part of it but uh but yeah you're right it's one of those where it's like well he's the one who went through the table not not really andrade but oh well doesn't really matter though because it was awesome i will say i was not i was slightly the atlanta crowd wasn't the worst like it was at least it was never more than 50-50 yeah. for or against Cody. And by the end, it was 100% for Cody. Mm-hmm. Like he, that was, imp- that was impressive. Like that was impressive. Like by the, the whole shovel spot helped. And then obviously the ending helped, but I mean, he, Cody was back to being Cody at, by the end of, uh, by the end of that match. And it was, it was awesome. Yeah, he gave a great I assume this wasn't on TV, but he gave a great like rah, rah, 
Atlanta post. You no, know. Th- he did it in the one that I went to also, which was great. Yeah. But yeah, uh, no, that was really fun. TV. Yeah. It's just for us, just for Atlanta people. That was great. They, they, but then they posted it on Twitter at the one that I went to. Oh, okay. Well, so maybe not just for Atlanta, but that's fine. It was, it was but fun. it's fine. Uh, no, well, I mean the one that I went to, not, not the one from this right. week, but, uh, but that was also the first time they were back in Atlanta. I will say I'm, I'm very frustrated with AEW of not focusing on Atlanta more. And mm-hmm. I feel like it's a big miss on their part. That's mm-hmm. where their television show headquarters is. Like that's yeah. where TNT is. And they just don't care. Like they only care about Chicago. Well, it, Jacksonville. I mean, that's yeah, the they only thing. care about Chicago and Jacksonville because yeah. Tony Khan is from Chicago and obviously they oh, have a lot of Jacksonville. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Tony well, yeah, then Chicago. that is what it is. And Chicago is a great wrestling town anyway. I mean, it's a good thing to focus on for sure. But Atlanta has historically been neglected by WWE for uh, very mm-hmm. obvious reasons. <laughs> and is you know is the other hotbed of wrestling in the country historically and i just don't get why it's not why they're not making more of a point to focus on that particular area i i don't really get it so it's kind mm-hmm. of it's kind of just a little disappointing like it took them over a year to come <laughs> to atlanta when dynamite started yeah and it's then, not like and they've been, been there twice. Really it, it's yeah. like it's weird. So that's kind of frustrating. I yeah, they start doing I, um, that more. You know, WWE has a pay per view in Atlanta on New Year's Day. It's yeah, WWE almost one. always does uh, pay per views in Atlanta, but then they always make sure they're the worst show ever. It's called Day One. That's Wait, what? what they call it. What? It's the pay per view is called WWE Day One because oh, it's on the Lord. first day of 2022. Oh my god. Like yeah, they're. It's like that's the filler title on the whiteboard until they can think of a better one. And also, that's on a Saturday. Like, is it? Yeah, New oh, Year's okay. is on a Saturday. That's an interesting day to have a WWE pay per view. I don't think I've ever heard of them doing one on a Saturday before. Certainly not a main roster one. Well, yeah, that'll be interesting. Anyway, yeah, I don't know if it'll be good, and I'm not going to be in Atlanta, so yeah, it's not like I could go even if I wanted to. But yeah, hey. that's fair. But so, no, th- this was this ending was great, and uh, Cody Rhodes literally pinned someone while on fire, and th- there's literally a clip you can see like him on fire for a, a second after he goes to the table, and he as he's like crawling over, uh, Andrade to pin him, <laughs> and and everyone on Twitter that that helped Cody Cody gained a handful of people back from yeah. that uh, for sure some of the some of the these moronic dorks who have been hating on Cody Rhodes for absolutely no reason over the past few months mm-hmm. as this man is just trying to entertain you. And uh, he, he did, he, he gained some of those people uh, at least partially back with, with this match. So I, I enjoyed seeing that. Yeah, it was really fun. It was a great way to cap the show. And like I said, one of my buddies who came with me is not a wrestling fan at all. And with like, you know, coming cause you know, he wanted to hang out with me on my birthday and he, he wasn't that invested in anything that was going on. But he was a big fan of the man lighting himself on fire and <laughs> crashing through a table at the end of the match. He's like, all right, that was awesome. Yeah. Like, yes, it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It, death, taxes, and Cody making a big, uh, big scene in Atlanta. You love to see it. You do love to see it. I love to see it. The only yeah. miss was we didn't get any Anna Jay. 
Yeah, I know. Brunswick. Come on, mm-hmm. represent. I know. That was a little disappointing, but mm. oh, well. but yeah, solid show. Solid show. Solid show. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Solid uh, the, solid dynamite. The other thing I wanted to point out on my dynamite checklist was we got Adam Cole and I thought, oh, sweet. Oh, okay. yeah. And okay. So yeah, excited. that was that segment happened. That was one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. Uh, yep. What was the point of that segment? Why was what what match was supposed to be happening and like yeah, why that's what i wondered <laughs> why was why did orange cassidy come out and just be an idiot like i he comes out mm-hmm. l- stares down adam cole and then just turns around to the bucks and doesn't expect him to be hit like I, it was one of the uh-huh. stupid it made made orange cassidy look like a moron i was like what oh, was yeah, the point it, of this segment i don't know it made no sense but i got to see orange cassidy do the True. hands in the pockets thing and i thought it was like for a match or something because I, I thought like, so too. not everything had been in counts. So when Adam Cole came out, I was like, yes, I get to do the whole entrance thing. Now you get to go boom. When he goes boom, everybody gets to go Adam Cole, baby. Yeah. And then he turned around and stepped out of the ring. And I was like, I genuinely Mark, I really hoped that it was during a commercial break and he was going <laughs> to come out, do it and then walk back out the tunnel. And I would not have even been mad. Yeah. That is also a great gimmick. That's, That's what how have over Adam, Cole. Adam Cole's entrance is that when he comes out to do commentary, he has to still do yes. his entire 45 to second yes. to a minute entrance. And he's got to like stop here and right. pose here and wait. And then he charges up like the thumb when he goes boom. Like, mm-hmm. And then he just walks up the ramp and sat down. And then Orange Cassidy comes out. They beat him up. And then he doesn't even commentate anything. Like the yep. whole thing was like, the biggest waste of time. I mean, presumably, like, Orange Cassidy was about to have a match. And I then they don't, him I up. guess. I think that's the kayfabe explanation. But but it didn't seem like it, because on, like, it <laughs> seemed like he was just coming out. And then Adam Cole was like, why is he out here? Like, it didn't make any sense. Oh, see, again, maybe makes even less sense when you hear commentary. It made no live, sense. Because live, you just kind of had to try to piece it together. I completely right? forgot but, that it happened. But uh, That's funny. Anyway, but AEW, again, there's a few things where they're still really stupid, but... For the most part, solid. They got too many great people in there that it's just impossible for it not to be. Yeah. And uh, there's some there's some good stories going. The Hangman Page and uh, Daniel Bryan or uh, Brian Danielson is good, and Punk MJF is great, and I guess whatever Miro's doing is incredibly entertaining. So, yeah, solid. Uh, I kind of watched Rampage. I didn't really care. I'm sorry. Like Sammy Guevara wrestled Tony Nese, who just got signed for the TNT title. And they put on a good match. Um, Jade Carl squashed someone. And. Oh, uh, Pac and Penta wrestled FTR. I don't remember why. Hmm. They just wrestled for some reason and it was fine. And I think FTR won. Yeah yeah ftr won yeah yeah so good for them they needed to win yeah i watched um yeah i mean we've already gone super long anyway i watched uh the sammy guevara title match and then we bailed we were bad fans sorry i was tired wanted to go home it was it was a really good match really high flying a lot of good action but at that point i was like okay there's probably nothing else going on that i need to you know wait they filmed rampage after dynamite yeah that's what they do they i did not know that yeah, well, apparently, because I'd read a couple times, like, I felt bad. That's why Tony comes out before Rampage to ask you to stay, because they mm. peop, most people just go home. Gotcha. Or do what we did, which was sure. leave after the first match. That's what a lot of people did. 
So you can kind of tell sometimes. It would make a lot more sense to tape it before. Yeah. But they got to tape dark and all that stuff too. So yeah, they tape it after. And it was, okay, I gotcha. guess it was decently cool. But like we were talking about before we went on the air, like it's not that important most of the time. No, it's not. So. It's not, but eh, it's fine. Well, AW Solid. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. Looking forward to the uh, next show and the special in two weeks or whatever. I'm sure that'll be fun. Yeah. Looking forward to whatever Christmas street fight they have this year between, I don't know, <laughs> some, who knows. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, make sure and follow us on Twitter at behind underscore gorilla and Instagram at behind underscore gorilla. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Mark Mark brand. And I'm Matt Harris Wilson. Let's go ahead and do that. And uh, yeah, any uh, final thoughts, Harris? Uh, yeah, tune in in a few weeks when we do an episode on uh, Roman Reigns beating up Santa Claus live on television. Because that's probably <laughs> what they're going to do this year. We can only hope. We can only hope. Oh, man. All right. That does it for this episode, guys. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye.